Welcome to the Pal Around Podcast, the podcast where we just, you know, pal around. My name is Julia, and I'm here with my two best pals, Tina and Jeff. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Jeff. We missed you last month. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, but now we are here in Pal Around World, I do want to take a moment and welcome back one of our favorite podcasts, which also happens to be hosted by one of my favorite friends, Jeff Bam. Yay! <laughs> well, thank you. Welcome, yes, it's true. Yep, welcome nostalgia back, is back. Nostalgia. Yeah, thank it's very you, exciting Julia. for everybody. It's really what has brought us together. So it is. It's yeah, coming for I met circle. you guys because of nostalgia. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, thank you. And um, I'm still trying to get the rhythm and get the hang of it and see if I'm going to be able to do a weekly thing on my own. So I'm mm-hmm. giving it my best shot. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure how it'll all shake out. But um, yeah, it's been fun to kind of jump back into the podcasting saddle. Yeah. So far, it's shaken pretty good, I would say. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And in celebration of nostalgia coming back, I thought it might be fun for each of us to uh, pick our favorite nostalgia episode. Are we ready to do this? I can go first if you're not ready. Sure. Yep. I go mean, ahead. it's hard for me, but <laughs> it's hard for we'll, you because they're all your children. But, but we'll see. Yeah, I, was I can say definitely that. pick a favorite. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm gonna pick my favorite just so I can make sure that um, I'm unique. Um, but my favorite episode of Nostalgia is episode number 189. And this is because my other favorite friend, <laughs> Tina, made her podcasting debut on Nostalgia. And Tina, you brought the expert knowledge of everything Vinylmation <laughs> to the show. And I got to sit and watch it as a spectator in person. And it was just all very exciting. <laughs> Um, <laughs> very exciting it's very exciting uh so that is my favorite episode do you have any memories of that i remember being so nervous like so nervous i must have done like 20 pages of notes just to make sure i knew some facts and i hardly used them <laughs> <laughs> like, our show I, is only an hour long I, I know but. but I just wanted to make sure I knew if you guys ask me a question I'm like oh my god what if they ask me a question and I don't really know what they want what they want and I don't even know the answer oh my god but I was like it was fine it ended up being fine yeah it was fine yeah that was I think that was our primary vinylmation episode out of 690 yeah. Six or however many we did as a, as yeah, a team. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember you ever really talking about it. And does yeah, we, anybody we did talk, talk about, about Vinylmation anymore. We talked about them here and there, but I think that was the only time we addressed it as a kind of a hobby, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, no one better than Tina. <laughs> no, I still, I see, still see all your Vinylmations lined up yes. behind you on your cool shelf. I still have all of mine. I never get rid of them, so they're all proudly displayed. And Jeff, I have a question: Do you still mm-hmm. have the custom I made? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I am not it's a little, an um, artist. <laughs> I think it was it's like so it was purple and yellow <laughs> yeah. right? with the nostalgia yeah, logo yeah, on the yeah, face. Yeah. She yeah. even, yeah. yeah, she brought it back to the one when you had the the, the kind of like starry background too. Mm-hmm. Yep. My one and only custom. Old school. I made two. Yep. Very cool. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, yep, I got it. It's <laughs> one of these. I got it. To be honest, I'm not sure because I moved a couple of times since, or since I had that, you know, I've packed right. my 
collections. I don't know that it's, I think it might still be in one of the boxes. There's like three boxes still I have to unpack and unsort and all that. And it might still be in one of those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I definitely still have that. Nice. Very cool. Hmm. All right, Tina, what was your favorite episode? You know, I don't know the number, and I think there was a couple of them, but I always enjoy the episodes where you had the tour, the Disneyland tour guides on, and you had quite a mm-hmm. few of those. Those are my favorite because their stories were just so neat and that you didn't hear in other places. And I believe you even had one um, that was recurring that came back a couple times. So those were- Barbara. Barbara yes, Brock. Yeah. Those were my favorites. And I'm sorry I don't remember the episode's numbers, but those were my favorites. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, we had. Yeah, she was on a, a few times. I mean, if you just if you're going to Mousedalgia's um, Libsyn, Mousedalgia.libsyn.com dot com is where you find our archive, right? And you can you can just key search for words like mm-hmm. you know Barbara, and we'll bring up all these all those episodes that Tina's talking about. I you know I I clearly don't have a favorite. Uh, I of course the big the big shows that we put a lot of effort into are some of the ones I remember the most. Like when we did we. We, um, you know, made a big deal out of the Mary Blair exhibition at the Walt Disney Family Museum, partly because they used some of our recordings um, with Alice Davis in interviews uh, with and about Mary Blair with Alice Davis. They used some of that in their uh, in their audio tour. So that was yeah. kind of a privilege, mm-hmm. even though it's just a little thing they did. That's um, very exciting. You know, oh, yeah. We got to be kind of actually part of the exhibition. Right. So that was fun. Um, you know, and it was lots of that kind of thing i liked of course reporting on the expo our expo shows were always a lot of fun because we all were involved right we all mm-hmm. did this stuff and we all had something to say about all of it um i'm kind of remembering the show i did about <laughs> the show dave and i did about WonderCon. i don't remember i don't remember any of the episode oh, that numbers was either. early yeah yeah but um that's where they're all my children came from so i <laughs> yeah, remember yes, distinctly yes. dave and i went to the um we went to hear nick cage talk about the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and someone was asking him, like, what's your favorite role, I think? And he's like, they're all my children. <laughs> so, so you heard that through the course of Nostalgia, David, yep. and I would say, like, they're all my children. That's a reference to an interview with uh, Nick Cage. So, you know, there was a lot of fun stuff. I it's, I don't really. Some of the Haunted Mansion ones favorite. I really yeah. liked. Our first, then this was only show three, two or three, I think, when we first interviewed uh, Margaret Carey. That was fun because she came in the studio. She came and had brunch with us in the Braylands apartment. Oh, wow. And so we just sat there and had brunch and then turned on the mics and had a conversation, a two-parter conversation a two-parter, with Margaret yeah. Carey. So yep. that was that was fun. So tons of fun stuff. Um, talking to Rolly Crump and when we did the Tahitian Terrace redo, um, that was super fun. I don't remember if the show... Like, you know, and so then the show and the actual events kind of blur together. And I can't mm-hmm. remember, like, was that one of my favorite shows? Probably. <laughs> so lots of favorite nostalgia memories. Yeah, for sure. And many still to come. Yes. I yeah, hope. exactly. Well, we're very excited to have you back. And well, thank you. I'm sure all of your listeners are, too. So looking forward to those nostalgia memories coming up. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of nostalgia episodes, there is one that I would like to uh, highlight right now because it goes with what we're going to talk about today. And um, it is episode 335 of nostalgia in which, Jeff, you gave a a wonderful um, trip report about the 
annual passholder party that happened in 2015 to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Indiana Jones and the Forbidden Eye. What is it called? <laughs> what is her ride called? Ellie Indiana call it Jones Indy. and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Thank right? you. If, if you can just see her face when it's, she was trying well, to say actually, that, it's that's like, hilarious. I've lost my I, way. <laughs> I think it's called Indiana Jones Adventure. Colon, yeah. the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Thank you. I, I believe that's how you say that. Uh, yeah. Now, who, Julia, you, who all, Tina, did you go yes. to that? Mm-hmm. It was the three yeah. of us. We all three were there. All right. So, yeah, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I remember a little bit more about that. Um, most, mostly I remember, like, what do we wear? Because I had an Indiana Jones hat. <laughs> and I was like, should I wear my Indiana Jones hat? Leather jacket? Is everyone going to be wearing that? So, of course, I decided to go ahead and wear my Indiana Jones gear. It was pretty fun. Like, Tony Baxter came out and talked about working on Indiana Jones and helping design it, right? Because I think yeah. if he wasn't the lead designer, he was, you know, heavily involved with... I, I think, think he, he might have been the lead. Yeah. So, um, you know, he talked about putting together Indiana Jones. I think he's... I, I feel like he said it was one of the earliest things he wanted to do as soon as Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. Mm-hmm. Although, like, it's clearly heavily influenced by the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So, you know, I don't... I'm not sure how much of it was actually conceived of and prepared before Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. But mm-hmm. I remember him talking about, yeah, as soon as we saw Indiana or Raiders of the Lost Ark in the theater, we thought, how are we going to get this into the Disneyland? A um, couple things I remember is don't call them Jeeps. <laughs> the, the, the trucks they built to look like, um, I guess, troop transport type all-terrain vehicles mm-hmm. were definitely not Jeep brand vehicles right so even though everyone keeps calling them jeeps and kept calling them jeeps all night long when they were talking (laughs) about it they kept saying no they're not jeeps they're and i can't remember the term they use troop transports or whatever i remember that (laughs) do you remember any other specifics about the i i do have a memory of um something that tony baxter said and he really wanted that giant snake in the ride but the Disney executives or whoever was making the final decisions was like, this isn't believable. Like, there is no such thing as this giant snake. He's like, okay, okay. We'll have, we'll have lots of other, like, regular sized snakes in there. And then, but he got the last laugh because the way it's lit in there, you wouldn't have any idea those other regular sized snakes are in there because all you can see is the giant snake that tries and tries to bite you. But if you do yeah. look, like there are just regular sized snakes all around that room. And um <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because I had never noticed that before. Like little rubber snakes, you mean? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well since twenty fifteen the Indiana Jones um Indiana Jones has been through a number of kind mm-hmm. of renovations and I think that was when they I believe they introduced their next generation kind of texture mapping projection mapping on the some of the effects inside and i think they've even taken that further now i i don't remember exactly the history i, don't, I haven't followed the history of the Indiana john's attraction yeah. uh, adventure attraction very closely at disneyland but um i think that was when they kind of renovated it and first kind of had these new projection effects and um yeah it was cool i i also remember them talking about trying to find a bunch of jones people named jones to ride it I think they <laughs> wanted their first day to be filled with Jones writing it. That is and so random. If, if I recall correctly, <laughs> they went to find they went to Indiana to look for Jones families. And of course there's a bajillion Jones families in Indiana. Yeah. But they found some Jones from Indiana to be the very first 
like people to ride Indiana Jones mm-hmm. adventure. I I believe that's, that's so funny. Accurate. I don't remember exactly how that story went. You know, that that's not the first Indiana Jones Disneyland special event. There also was well, this wasn't a special event, but in two thousand eight when the Crystal Um Skull was that already two thousand eight. I think uh, it's two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, something like when that. When that was gonna that movie was coming out, um they Indiana Jones they they did this thing in Adventureland where they changed Aladdin's Oasis into an Indiana Jones kind of a stunt show thing um and it was interesting i saw i saw it i went to see mm-hmm. it um and it was it was kind of weird because i remember they it was kind of for kids but kind of really violent <laughs> it was really strange like so you know how they have the big tiger the the uh, cave yeah. of wonders right in aladdin's yeah. oasis so they yeah. turned the cave of wonders into like this um what did they call it the stone tiger so the whole show was called the secret of the stone tiger and um they put like um plants all around the cave of wonders so it looked more like a jungle setting instead of a desert and um an archaeologic archaeologist um, named rachel was looking for an idol of course like all archaeologists always are um and it was kind of a tiger's head idol and it was supposed to give the user superpower like you know <laughs> superpower they they kept it pretty simple you know in terms of the mythology here so she's she's she gets up on stage and she has found indiana jones journal so she's looking through it trying to find all these um get these clues answered and i think they had kids come up on stage and so it was kind of a a read along like can you help me find the clues on the stage and you know there would be thing obvious things for the kids to say over there over there mm-hmm. so i believe that's kind of how the show went i can't remember exactly cuz you know 2008 was long ago long ago enough for me and i only saw this one time so was it i forget did you say was it like a dinner show was i think you could still eat eat and so like aladdin's oasis um i think had stopped i i'm trying to remember if they were still doing regular dinner shows in 2008 Mm -hmm. soon as aladdin's oasis opened i went to see it in the early 2000s because i you know it was a new thing and 50 bucks like whoo but yeah. you got, you know, but it was still like at the time, fifty dollars was a, a lot of money, you know. But you got dinner mm-hmm. and a chocolate lamp at the end and a show, right? So I don't remember if it was the same or if it was just kind of more of a restaurant by this point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. So, but I remember there would be a reason you'd be sitting there watching this show, right? And right. so kids are coming up there. So, so it's kind of a kids show. It simple simplifies down to like, can you help me find this clue? You know, kind of like a Blues Clues thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then, um suddenly she must the kids of must succeed right and then the the cave of wonders comes to life and and all the smoke pours out and indiana jones jumps out right Mm -hmm. so he says so he's telling the kids how he was trapped in there and thank you for helping me escape with your you know by selling the clues and he had the tiger idol and he gives it to the archaeologist lady who of course becomes entranced while he's explaining how he got freed from the curse of being stuck in the stone tiger so then what happens is he like notices that she's kind of gone into this trance or whatever this power quest and so he starts to beat up this lady so he's beating on her and whipping her and stuff and then she like he whips her into the tiger's mouth where she like falls to her death or whatever i apparently like Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) <laughs> and so and then he's um grabs everything and runs off so it was pretty short 
like little show. But I remember also like then Indiana Jones would like be up on the rooftops over Adventureland, you know, like along along the top of the Jungle Cruise area. And he would be doing like little stunt acts. Yeah, um, I remember that vaguely. Yeah. And um, it was a little stunt show thing, kind of. And um, so, you know, I think people didn't like Indiana Jones um, whipping a woman to her death inside of a stone tiger. I feel like that. I'm trying to remember exactly how it all went. Like, it wasn't a super popular thing. And I mm-hmm. think part of it was Indiana. Like, it's supposed to be for kids. But then he goes and fight whips this lady and then she dies and then you know what i mean so like it was kind of i guess you could say authentic to who indiana jones is which really isn't for little kids but everything disneyland does like same thing with the jedi you know like darth maul would come out Mm -hmm. but the little kids would be there cheer you know and then teach the little kids to fight with Mm -hmm. lightsabers right so (laughs) the same thing like interesting yeah if that's if that's where you're gonna bring your kids that's that's what you got um so (laughs) it was kind of like cool in the sense that like hey here's an indiana jones thing you know in disneyland they're bringing him to life um you couldn't meet him or anything like he was only on the stage and an actor or stunt guy right mm-hmm. um but it was it was pretty cool and i mean have you've all seen the indiana jones epic stunt spectacular haven't have you all seen that at at disney world at yes. disney world in the yep. mgm studios also that was on pretty YouTube. cool yeah also on one of my favorite episodes of um, Full House. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was one of those kind of things that had a you know anything any show that has a ball, ball of um, you know what what kind of fuel is it that they make these fireballs out of like world of color and stuff shoot propane or whatever it is you know that makes a big ball of fire like mm-hmm. it had that that moment right where the plane they're trying to escape in the plane and then it explodes mm-hmm. and I remember like it was one of those if you were sitting in the right place you could feel the blast of heat when that ball of fire went up in the sky so that was pretty cool of course i've heard uh, and i only saw the indiana jones epic stunt spectacular once or twice early in the when it was still called mgm studios so if that tells you anything um i've heard it's gotten dumbed down and dumbed down because as times have changed and things have become i guess more or less what's acceptable for audiences has changed um they've had to change a little bit of the show so you know um that's that's my understanding of the parks indiana jones in the parks what other stuff has happened in the parks with indiana jones well i did write some notes on this tina did some research i did because i was wondering has there been and of course the blogs the disney parks blogs came in uh help here and as in disney world talking going back to disney world at hollywood studios there's something called the indiana jones adventure outpost thanks for jeff for that help there's a photographable photographable my words again moments that include and this is rare antiquities such as costumes and props from the new movie so that would be kind of cool. And then Oh, that's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right? happening like, yeah. like till, it's till, like now. And then also till August 15th. Yeah. 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 And then also at Disneyland Paris at the Indiana Jones and Temple of Parallel attraction, they have clues from Indy's Quest from the new movie and they're very vague on what those are, but um that would be kind oh, of interesting. cool. And there there were some other things that's only two attraction things that I've noted, but there's some f- special foods that's coming out to celebrate it. Like Bengal barbecue, Jeff's favorite. They have the forbidden turnover, which I've watched a couple of vlogs of people that I follow, and they said it was really good. 
Um, okay. Might have to try that. Yes. And it's like a pastry kind of turnover type dish. And then at Disney World, there's a couple things going on at um, in um, Disney Springs at Emirates Patisserie is the Indiana Jones Petite Cake. I know they usually do some kind of special cakes with the, the events that go on. So I'm not surprised they're doing an Indiana Jones. And then coming up in Disney Springs again at the Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, they have props from the movie. I wish we would have some props for the movie, but evidently yeah. there's no mention of that. But then um, coming up, I guess it says D23 members will receive a um, a paper coaster featuring the dial um, from the movie. So that was kind of neat. Great. It's a coaster, but still would kind of like to see that. So that's a few things that's coming out. And then we mentioned how you weren't able to meet Indiana Jones previously. Um, when they took over Aladdin's Oasis. Well, now you can at Disneyland. So there's a face character walking around and he's got his hat, leather jacket and whip on. And he just, while well, he's walking around, he's not in one specific place, but he's in an adventure land. So he stays in there. And then I also heard that he um, is only there till about two or two thirty. So look for him early in the day as opposed to later in the day. Yep. And I, I was trying cool. to look on the app to see if he would be mentioned. And so far I haven't caught it. Not to say that it's not on the app, but so far I haven't right. seen it on there. So Nice. As you can tell, there's a bunch of fun indie things happening around the parks. Um, because the newest installation of the Indiana Jones movie franchise just came out. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Have we all been able to see it? Yes. Yes. Twice. You saw it twice. Good they for did. you. Um, what did we think? I liked it. General uh, reactions, Jeff. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked mm -hmm. it too. Um, leading up to this new Indiana Jones movie, I was very glad that they released all of the. Indiana Jones movies onto Disney Plus. So my family and I celebrated Indiana Jones all month long <laughs> in June. And every Friday we watched one of the movies. Um, and I don't think you necessarily need to watch them all to see this new one. Um, it certainly helps because you will recognize some familiar faces um, and maybe catch a few callbacks to old older movies. Um, but I don't if you if you've never seen an Indiana Jones movie, I wouldn't have that stop you going to see this one. Do you guys agree with I that? I agree. Sure. I can't imagine anyone's gonna go see this that hasn't seen Raiders of the Lost. <laughs> yeah, Park. I would say if you but watch sure, Raiders of the sure. Lost or if, you Lost have, Park, if yeah. somehow you haven't seen any Indiana Jones movie, don't let it hold you back. <laughs> Speaking um, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, I okay. Jeff, I'm, I'm going to probably disappoint you again. But growing up, <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much exclusively watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> that was the only one we had. And you watched it over and over again? <laughs> over and over again. I that sounds like you, the true blood. It. I What's loved this? it. Game of Thrones girl. I was so like, Katie wanted to watch Star Wars. I wanted to watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Now, I... I, I would have been surprised if I hadn't learned more about your interesting <laughs> tastes in television and movies. I um I also I'll be honest with you, I like I like um the Temple of Doom a lot more than most people will admit they like it. And a lot of people um you know found it to be a little bit too 
I don't think PG-13 existed yet then, or if is it a, either it was brand new, uh, you know, or yeah. or something, or it was a PG but kind of helped influence the idea of a PG-13 movie, mm-hmm. something like that. I, I can't remember the story of PG-13 and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but it was yeah. certainly a hard, hard parental guidance type film. I mean, it had uh, one thing direct kind of visualized murders, which most Indiana Jones, there's lots of shooting people and then them like going, Oh, and falling off the screen. Right. But there's very few, like <laughs> put, let's lock this guy in a cage and send him into burning lava till he let's catches on fire and burns. <laughs> so there's some very violent, um, if not gruesome, very violent kind of films. Uh, but I found Indiana Jones and also, you know, a lot of people these days want to complain about um, Willie and how, like damsel in distress, brainless, blonde stereotype I she was. Thought I thought she was so entertaining. Okay. Like total brat, but I think she's so entertaining. I don't know. This is maybe an unpopular opinion. I I like her better than Marion. Oh, just she said it. <laughs> well, that is an unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I very don't, unpopular. I, I didn't I mind her as her. a foil. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind yeah. her as a foil to Indiana Jones. And I felt like the Temple of Doom has some of my, still my most quotable lines are in there. Like, mm. you call him Dr. Jones doll. I still <laughs> say that. I'll say that to my wife. Like, you call him Dr. Jones doll. And she'll look at me like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, there's a lot of lines that just kind of stuck with me that are very humorous in that show. Yeah. And a lot of very classic indie humor where yeah. he's like, see you later, Laosha or whatever. And he slams a plane closed <laughs> and it's the guy's airline, it's right? Plane, yeah. That's just very classic indie. Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg style sight gags, right? And so yeah. um, I just, I really like Temple of Doom, even though I get why a lot of people just can't, can't put that up there high on their list. Let's, let's, you want to rank one through five, our, our Indiana Jones um, kind of rankings? Just, do you guys want to do that? Yeah. Julia, Julia, put them in a line. Put my, my ranking in a line? Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Number one, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Number two, um, I might go Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Number three, and then Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number four, and then Indiana Jones and the Oh goodness, Kingdom. the Crystal King, Skull, Kingdom, Kingdom of the, of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Yep, number five. All right. Tina, what, how do you, how would you rank these? Now, things? look, I didn't go back and rewatch these. So this is from my memory, which is horrible. But <laughs> I'm going to put Raiders of the Lost Ark first because that's my first impression okay. of the whole fan- franchise. And I really enjoyed it. After that, I would say, hmm, Temple of Doom was good, but I'm going to put Dial of Destiny second, Temple okay. of Doom third. Crystals, the crystal one is last for sure. <laughs> and then what did we have? The Last Crusade? The last so Crusade. that would be fourth. Yeah. I might actually be along with Tina here. I think Raiders is first. You know, I remember in 1981, I think that's when Raiders was coming out. You know, right I mean, after. It's, it's iconic. I will right give you that. Right after Star Wars. And, you know, the fan fanboys and kids like myself we were all about talking about how darth vader got killed in a lava pit like this is all stuff mm-hmm. that darth or that darth that george <laughs> lucas gave up in interviews and with magazines and things and yeah. you know like we all knew star wars was supposed to be like flash gordon serials but it mm-hmm. went you know didn't work didn't turn out precisely that way but but 
he, George Lucas really wanted this like serial type adventurer, and that's what Indiana Jones was. So we had all these like little hints about what it was supposed to be, and it kind of made you feel like an insider. And as a kid, you know, I just remember thinking, yeah, Indiana Jones, you know, I know all about it, and yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So that it's kind of hard to separate that from the actual film, but it was like total, totally amazing it was kind of like a cereal but pushed just over the edge you know like when Mm -hmm. the guy's face melts off like who like you could hardly not look at that even though it was the most gruesome thing you know that i think a little kid had probably ever seen (laughs) it was probably the most gruesome thing i'd ever seen on a movie at that time and did it scare you I had my I I watched it, but I would always like get, kind of get ready and hide my eyes a little bit just in case it was too much, like in case I didn't <laughs> want to see it. You, you know what I mean? But um, but I would always look at it and think like, oh man, he just melted that guy's like the power of the Lord <laughs> melted that guy's face off. So that was kind of cool. So I would say Raiders first. I would okay. I'm gonna put Dial of Destiny second. I thought nice. it was a perfect cap. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. It had a lot of adventure. It was different. It had a lot of good special effects that we'll talk about a little bit here so it kind of had the scope of indiana jones that no other movie of the mm-hmm. of the quintilogy has so i would say um dial of destiny second it's really a hard call be- between um temple of doom and the um last crusade for me like boy i like the story of the last crusade better yeah, yeah. but i like some of the just in your face humor and adventure of temple of doom mm-hmm Boy, I, I might give the slightest edge to Temple of Doom, but I like them both pretty similarly. And then I kind of agree with the King of the Crystal Skull. If it wasn't for Indiana Jones flying, you know, I guess a couple miles through the air in a big metal box and then somehow hitting the ground and walking out of it. Like that was so ludicrous. <laughs> Not just a metal box, a refrigerator. Like a lead refrigerator, right? Yep. So like that was so ludicrous. It made it like it literally stuck with me for at least half through it way through the movie, I kept thinking, I can't believe they thought we would buy right. this. That you know, <laughs> it is. It wasn't. So it that, wasn't. It didn't go with the essence of what of or Indiana Jones had come to be. So it was just left yeah. field, completely left field. It was, and it was like it was impossible, yeah. right? The idea of Indiana Jones is that he overcomes impossible odds, not that mm-hmm. he magically can't succumb to impossible odds. Right. So that was just kind of like, like literally, one thing can kind of ruin a movie, and that was just one of the things that kind of ruined King of the Crystal Skull for me. So, yeah. Anyway, all right, well, so Tina and I are really similar there in our list. Interesting. Um, I like interesting. Yeah. Jeff, I forget. Did you say? Did you watch all of them before seeing this one? recently i don't know i regularly see the indiana jones movies like over the course of the past 20 years we've regularly watched them yeah. in various orders yeah so we i we did see a couple of them with my kids recently i don't remember if we saw them all or not um but i've just there hasn't been a year gone by that i haven't seen a couple indiana jones movies so mm-hmm. yeah they're they're fun fun to go back and revisit um and i was I was really excited when they announced the newest Indiana Jones movie coming out. So I was like, I'm definitely going to go see that. Even though I remember when the fourth one came out and I was looking forward to it then. And then I went and saw it and I kind of hated it. I don't remember exactly why I hated it. I don't think I liked the graphics of like the aliens at the end. Like I just thought it was really weird. But um, 
It wasn't until after I watched an interview with George Lucas and he kind of explained that that movie was supposed to be like a a B picture, like a sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that makes so much more sense. That would be fine. And it, it made me it made me appreciate it more, but yeah. That would be fine if it wasn't an Indiana it. Jones film. <laughs> You can't. I will say I enjoyed it a lot more knowing when I watched it okay. recently. Yeah. Um, and I just was also like, I I like Shia LaBeouf fine, and even Stevens is one of my favorite Disney shows of all time. But I was not prepared for the fact that they were trying to make Shia LaBeouf like take over the Indiana Jones series. I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know about that. So. That didn't happen, but I don't know. Do you think, are they, is this, is this the end of Indiana Jones Uh, or are they going to try and do something with it? I can see it staring in a different direction. It's kind of like the Star Wars has started to turn into different storylines. I can see the main actress and even the sidekick taken over Mm -hmm. and I would be happy with that. Mm Mm-hmm. I really enjoy their yeah. two characters. I really enjoy the kid. I yeah. don't I don't I didn't love Helena. What's her name? Helena? Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Well, you didn't like her um, in the beginning. I thought she was fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. But she's she's kind of like not on the up and up for the mm-hmm. most part and is in it for herself, but um also loyal at times. I don't know. I d- I couldn't really pinpoint her character. But I I thought she was funny. I thought yeah, she yeah. had funny moments. Um, yeah, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they come back. I think yeah. Indiana Jones as films are done because no one is gonna, no one is gonna want some <laughs> other Just adult some random to person. pretend to be like you see what happened with Han Solo, right. right? Like it's a pretty, it's an okay movie. Ron Howard directed it. It's you know, it's part of the Star Wars lineup now and yeah. you know part of the official storyline but it's you know people just aren't ready to really see someone replacing pretend ha- people Ford, aren't yeah. people aren't ready to see people pretending to be um a, a role that Harrison Ford made so uh you know so real in such a fleshy kind mm-hmm. of a role so i don't i don't think there'll be movies again but i do think they were trying to kind of start the brand um yeah. because there's all kinds of new her universe has some new indiana jones mm-hmm. clothing out you know there's new all bunch of set of new pop vinyls like i think mm-hmm. i think they will you know and there's still a lot of fans of this really dry young indiana jones chronicles i don't know if either of you watched i haven't those watched ones. it yet i was thinking um, about watching but like each episode is an hour and a half oh boy. long who has time for that who yeah, has they're, time they're, for that? I mean, it was on television and mm-hmm. it was all right. Um, but I couldn't like I I found it to be dry personally, but my wife thought it was pretty fun to watch those things. So it just depends on what kind of storytelling you're looking for. Um but like the point being, I think they are hoping that the character of Indiana Jones can exist in perpetuity in different formats. Not with yeah. Harrison Ford on a screen. I think that's over, but I think um, you know, in gaming and in television offshoots. Now, I don't, I don't know that India is a big enough property to to do what Star Wars has done. True. Maybe they're kind of hoping, and we'll see. But um, and weird stuff happens in the 
world of popular culture. Like something they could do based just on the tertiary idea of Indiana Jones could become huge and take off. And then that Mm -hmm. could be a new thing. Right. So it's really kind of hard to say, but I would not be surprised if they're trying to kind of build up a little kind of interest in the, the idea of Indiana Jones as this exploring character that exists in all these different adventures and things like that. So, but we'll see, it'll be uh, interesting. Kind of a lot of it depends on how they perceive this film is taken by the public. Right. And that still is kind of up for debate in a sense. It it hasn't done well. It did not do well. I mean, the budget, I read that the budget was $295 million. And so far, it's only earned, I wrote it down, $71 million through maybe, I think it was yesterday, through 4th of July, or maybe even Monday. Which, I think it it deserves much more than that, quite frankly. If you get, get, this is how I feel, if you get me out an opening weekend on a film, because... I am bad about watching movies and I knew we were doing it for this <laughs> podcast. So, but I'm glad. Thank you for making it. Yeah, but I'm glad I went. And, um, and the, 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 the theater was pretty packed. I mean, there was a lot of people mm-hmm. there. So I was surprised to hear that it only has done $71 million. Well, I read something. I was reading an article about it too. And they kind of mentioned that the, um, the, the runtime of the movie mm-hmm. kind of, made it so i think it's about two and a half hours something like that um somebody said if it had been shorter there would have been more screenings of it Mm -hmm. during the day so they would have made more money overall but i like that's the first time i have ever heard that. i didn't feel it was too long though i didn't either i enjoyed it well, they're they're not talking about the perceived length. They're talking about they literally uh, could have sold more. Oh, seats. gotcha, gotcha. Because I, there you know, would have been gotcha. more more yeah. showtimes. I think um, that's yeah. Well, to to what you just said, Julia, they don't usually come out and use that as an excuse. So it does sound mm-hmm. a little bit like well, you know, trying to justify things. I will give them this little grain of maybe there's something there though, because like Tina said, lots of lots of sold out shows. Like mm-hmm. when we decided to see it early in the week, we were fortunate to find some seats that weren't in the front row. Mm-hmm. So there were <laughs> most of the screenings at my theater, even, you know, four or five days before it came out, more than that. I think it was almost a week before they came out when we finally decided to get our advanced tickets were mm-hmm. selling really well. So yeah. I do think there's something there that they could have made another 20 million if they had more screenings on this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know though, you know, the long movie format has become more and more popular. Like Lord of the Rings were three hours long. Like it's not, you can't just say the length of a movie has totally changes the box office. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something there maybe, but I don't know. Well, um, in the theater that I went to, they had it in three different formats. I saw it in IMAX. So they had it in basically three different theaters. Did. So you wow. had multiple, multiple theaters screening it in any given moment. So it wasn't just in one theater. So there were there right. was the IMAX. There was a um, there was a, a, a what the regular view, and there was some, oh the Dolby Sound Theater, whatever. And and I saw the IMAX. Yes, the IMAX was limited to like four or five a day, but the other ones had quite a few mm-hmm. showings. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time. Oh no, I do remember the last time I went to see an IMAX movie. I don't. I just go for the standard view these days. <laughs> I used to be all about the 3D, right. IMAX. No, no. I'm just standard. Just give me the standard, please. There was someone in the fourth um, row watching that thing in IMAX. I'm like, oh, no. Good 
no. good grief. Too um, close. um, but what do we think about Jeff? You kind of brought up some of the special effects specifically. What, how did you guys feel about the opening? What was mm. maybe 15, 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been a, half an mm-hmm. hour. It was yeah, a good it was little a good mini, chunk mini, of time. Kind of a mini story there that, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, a, okay, let us show you what we can do, kind of flexing their muscles mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll start by saying, I like the AI quality of, um, De- I guess you call it de aging. Like it's yeah. starting to become to the point of the early de aging in films was not very well received because it didn't look super right. great. Like it looked yeah. a little plastic. Like now, I don't know how much an early de aging was basically animated, right? Mm-hmm. Now they have to use AI to figure a lot of this out. And I can't really tell how much of this is just literally. You know, they AI it and then they look at that and say like, oh, this looks pretty good. Oh, this needs a little touching up. Like, to be honest, I almost feel like make him a little bit less real. Because when you watch a real person, like, they just can't get it. And I don't, you know, it's hard to say what is it that they can't get. Is it like... It's the hair. Minuscule. The hair never looks right. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's maybe it's a hair, but I think it's like tiny little decisions people make and where to glance mm-hmm. and how to yeah. flick their muscles that's, in their face. That's that they absolutely just true because I watching it, I felt like they couldn't figure out how to show emotion on the whole face, like yeah. like the eyes would just not be doing anything while the mouth and the nose were moving. I don't know. It was just like disjointed. Like, if you just saw it in, like, a still picture, it looked great. Fine, yeah. But as as it went on, and it was a significant portion of the film, um, yeah. you could just tell. Like, obviously, yeah. you knew, like, Harrison Ford is, like, 80 <laughs> years old. Like, obviously, <laughs> something was going on. Um, and his voice stays 80 years old. Like, they didn't yes. AI his voice at all. Yep. Nope. So that's also a little bit. Not, I mean, it's, it's distracting. It's okay. It's a little distracting. You know, yeah. It, I feel like also, I almost wish they would go ahead and say, like, everyone knows you didn't film this 30 years right. ago. Right. So, like, go ahead and animate it a little bit. Yeah. Like, give him a little bit of, like, accentuated humor on his face. Even if I'd rather say, oh, that's so fake because they pushed it too far than mm-hmm. say, oh, that's so fake because it looks plasticky and unemotional. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, oh, this is like the more real, you know, I can hear them saying like, no, tone it down, tone it down, tone it down. It'll be more real like if it's so subtle. But I, I just kind of disagree with that philosophically. Like, we all know this isn't Har- Harrison Ford's actual filmed face right now. Like, it's mm-hmm. him his body and him moving and maybe you're covering his face with a wire frame and doing fancy things, with the yeah. you know, skin here, but it's not him. Right. So go ahead and push it a little bit. That's kind of what I th- was thinking during the first, um, the little first vignette. But having said that, like I could watch the story and believe it was a person. Like I didn't sit mm-hmm. there the whole time thinking, yeah. Oh, this is not even, you know, it's like an animated puppet. Like, like, Yeah. I if could. it hadn't been Harrison Ford, that we all know what he looks like, we knew what he looks like looked like thirty years ago. We know what he looks like now. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even, I would not have thought about it as hard as I did, <laughs> yeah. knowing, yeah. knowing that 
this is what was happening. Yeah. And I mean, and I guess I'm saying I didn't really, I mean, you know, yeah, that was my takeaway, but it didn't make me not enjoy the first vignette of this first little mini mm-hmm. story here at the beginning. Yeah. And it was a good, like a kind of a tour de force, like, hey, here's the Indiana Jones last final film. We're going to give you a little bit of Raiders. We're going to give you a little bit of The Last Crusade. You know, we're going to kind of take him through all his different eras yeah. through this whole film. So I did kind of like that. I actually yeah. didn't think it was bad. And because to me, it I, wasn't yeah. distracting. I've seen where they've done the okay. AI or gener- computer generated faces, and it's so distracting. Did this, it wasn't distracting to me. In fact, at first, it kind of, I was like, wow, they used a lot of makeup on him. I wasn't even thinking computer generated <laughs> in any sense of the word. And then I started, you know, it yeah. kept going on. So he had a chance to study the face a little bit. And I was even thinking to myself, it's actually not bad. I mean, I've seen Instagram filters that are way worse than that. And if you can tell, it's horrible. But I I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Um, like I said, the, my main mm-hmm. thing is if I get distracted by some kind of technology you're trying to use, I don't like it. And I'll, now, I'll, now I'm mm-hmm. drawn to the lines around the technology or the, the movements of the technology. And I wasn't with this. I was able to listen to the story and get absorbed it, into it even more than I was starting to get into. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I well, that's was, good. I so it's yeah, working. I, I thought it was. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I should, I should throw in a little caveat here. Like I don't, I don't know anything about the special Mm-mm. effects of this film. I haven't looked into mm-hmm. it. I haven't read any behind the scenes stories, you know, so I, I don't know that there, you know, AI means something specific. Right. So some, someone out there that programs in, you know, <laughs> in artificial intelligence it's saying this is an ai this is yeah. completely animation like all i'm saying is like all digital animation in my opinion is some some degree of artificial intelligence helping you make decisions on what to, what to do like i don't know that you would officially say they used ai on indiana jones or not right. i have no idea there was definitely um, some know, computer about, generated imagery going on yeah the the process yeah. they went yeah. through yeah well, I can tell you my first my first impressions of the movie. Like, yeah. so as soon as I came out of the theater, I immediately got on my phone and wrote some notes because I knew I was going to forget how I You're felt smart. when I came out because, You're well, smart. it's called short term memory. And um, yeah. so here is literally what I, the first <laughs> thing I wrote is that it was funny. It had some out laugh mm-hmm. out loud laughs, and even like the whole audience. It wasn't just me. Um, the the they were laughing and they were getting into the jokes of it. So mm-hmm. I knew I was in a crowd of like good indiana jones fans i know a couple the probably the teenage girl next to me yeah she wasn't she wasn't into some of the jokes but i thought (laughs) i thought it was funny i loved how some of the jokes played on some of the other movies and i actually caught up caught on to them so Mm -hmm. i i love that part And, and then the other thing is i thought it had the personality of the first film and i think that's why i rated raiders first because it will always be first and then this one was immediately second in my list because it just had that personality of it where some of the others i didn't think they did um i really enjoyed the main characters including um helena and i'm sorry i forget who this i take as i keep bringing it up and i keep forgetting to um forget his name but um i really like that trio and Mm -hmm. um they drew me in and then (laughs) i realized in all these films boy they sure know how to pick the bad guys it's like you really hate the bad guys and they play them so good and it's Mm -hmm. like how 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 do you guys 
treat these people offset or something. I don't know because it's, I get so, I was like, I get so mad. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Um, I also love the score and I usually don't pay attention to a lot of the scores unless it's a true Disney film, but just the essence of the Raiders of the, excuse me, the Indiana Jones song um, that was spread throughout. I really enjoyed that. Da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. And you just caught, I just caught a couple little notes and a couple other ones. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was crying at the end. I'm not going to give away the end. We're not going to give away the end, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So you so you mentioned you mentioned um, Karen Allen and I was reading an article that she actually thought she was going to have a bigger role in this movie. And she no. initially thought that she was because when Steven Spielberg was still directing the movie, that was the intention. But I guess when James Mangold came on. He hired some more writers and her role was smaller. Um, so mm. she said she was a little upset about that. So I didn't realize I well, well one, I yeah. didn't realize that there was a change in directors. I mean, I didn't I didn't read that close into it, so um but yeah. She said she was disappointed. Yeah, mm. she can just well, that was be okay. happy. She's she was in it. And been in three of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Like she's been in three of them and she can yeah. just, you know. Cash's I don't know. If, I don't know I mean, if she. I don't know where she would have fit in, honestly. Because I thought. I thought I've it heard, was. I've, I thought it was fine with without her. Well, you know, uh, the original actresses in all these films usually have similar stories. Right. Same thing with what's her name from Tron. Right. <laughs> I mean, she's always she's always convinced her role is going to be huge in the next Tron movie. I just, you, you know, I think her role was exactly what it should have mm-hmm. been, and it was great. It gave us like I got to meet Karen yeah. Allen. Like I'm super yeah. happy I got to meet her and get her autograph. And like she's you have definitely a, you have a, iconic... a few interesting Indiana Jones autograph. Yeah, like she's definitely a um like a, an integral part of the indiana jones mm-hmm. like who he is like if mm-hmm. it wasn't for marion in raiders of the lost ark we wouldn't know a lot about who indiana jones is as a as a man like he's yeah. flawed but he's uh, has integrity and he passion tries his best you know so there's a lot of things we've learned through her you know mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the reason people hate kate capshaw and temple of doom because it erases all this stuff about indiana jones and his kind of how he relates to women by how that film goes right so it's just um so i you know she says indy 50 million times (laughs) (laughs) so i really thought karen allen's role was it was perfect like they needed Mm -hmm. it and they had it just the right amount Mm -hmm. i think just the right amount i mean i'm I'm sure steven spielberg could have come up with a story that was all about the two of them and maybe that would have been great too but for for this story i think she had just the right amount of like it was the the coda that the movie needed right and if you when you go and see the movie or i thought especially at the end it kind of tied it all together right what this Mm -hmm. mm, basis of the story was why he wanted to use it and where he wanted to go. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was very touching. Yeah. No, I loved yep. it. I do too. That was very good. All right. So do we rate it? So we give it how many? Um, let's see. And, and to what? what is that thing called? And to... Oh. No, there's only one of those. There's only one of those. Um, how many dials? <laughs> well, how many um, whips? Eons. Whips. How many eons oh, of there time? 
do we want to give this film? Like one through five eons. So you can go back to the Stone Age, to the Bronze Age, to the... How many ages are there (laughs) of human history? Listen. (laughs) Let's just say there's five eons. How many eons do you give it? Julia, one through five. Mm, I'm going to give it a four. I really liked it. All right. Four out of five. Still Temple of Doom is my favorite. Solid B. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to give it like a 4.5. All right. I really liked it. All right. That's not bad. Jeff. That's not bad. That's an A. Uh, I'm just going to give it a five. I liked it a lot. I don't see any reason to not give it a full, you know, five out of five score. It doesn't mean there weren't things that drove me crazy. But usually when there's things so, um, so distinct that make me distinctly crazy in a movie that means i was thoroughly you know engaged in the film film and Mm -hmm. the filmmaking and the story so um and you've seen it twice not bad so wait so jeff so what made you go see it twice in opening weekend what drew you back the second time oh mostly the kids (laughs) mostly the kids Um, they wanted to see it julia and i wanted to see it um on opening day because I'm an opening day person, usually mm-hmm. mo- almost all blockbusters I will see on opening day, special effects blockbusters. Um, so we went opening day, and then her son um, was not with us for opening day, so we took him on Fourth nice. of July. Okay, nice. I might not have just gone myself to see it twice, yeah. but that's not so much because that's just mostly my, along with the rest of the world, my movie going. Um, habits have changed a little bit over the past yeah. three or four years. I do see Star Wars movies a number of times in the theaters because there's something about a Star Wars movie that's the cinematic experience. And this also is a cinematic mm-hmm. experience, I would agree. Um, if people say like, oh, you really should see this in a movie theater for reasons, I would agree with that. So, um, you know, it's a big I, movie. See it on yeah. a big screen. I, I love going to the movies because I just pay such better attention <laughs> to movies when I'm at the theater. Yeah, that's <laughs> Not allowed point. to take out your cell phone, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, now that we have given our thoughts on the new movie, I wanted to give a quick game review. Okay. Uh, I bought Indiana Jones, Throw Me the Idol. Um, it is a game by Funko Games. Funny. Doesn't this look funny, funny. guys? Throw um, Me the Idol seems like a is... game that should be on Nickelodeon. Yes, throw me the idol, right. I throw you the weep. <laughs> well, each round had to be announced um, with somebody saying, um, nobody ever comes out alive. <laughs> like, that's how that's how the round starts. Um, it is for ages 7 plus, 2 to 10 players. And what really got me to buy the game is it says 30 minutes of gameplay. That is what I like in a <laughs> the board The sweet game. spot. 30 minutes or less. <laughs> um. We played it as a group of adults. Um, it's two teams against each other. One team is Indiana Jones, and the other team is his nemesis, um, his bitter rival, rival Belloc. And so there is two parts to the game. First, um, you have to like make a path to the idol, and the first team that gets there. The team that gets there first, you grab the idol and then you pick a challenge card. Um, and then there's different challenges that happen. So um, is this like a board game that you're I, doing dice or and you're moving on spots? It's 
it's cards. cards. Okay. Um, so you have to make like um, I don't know if you've ever played um Mexican Train with dominoes, don't think so. or not. But basically, you're just trying to match um idols to mm-hmm. to make a path gotcha. up to the idol. And um, my team was terrible <laughs> at it. We lost two out of three rounds. Um, and we lost the game pretty bad. Uh, but the challenges were definitely more fun if you were kids. Because <laughs> um, you have to, like, throw things or, like, there was one we had to, my team had to pretend um, our fingers were spikes. And we had to, like, have our hands around the idol and the other team had to have one person blindfolded and the other members had to, like, direct them without getting spiked to pick up the idol and yeah, yeah that that turned out to be way too easy <laughs> but so, i really liked i really okay. liked the part that you make make the path to the idol like that part was fun um the challenges were not not as fun all right um so i give this game how many idols uh I'll give it a two. I think it would be more fun with two out of five. Two of two two out of five. How many? Five. Five. Yeah. All right. So Mm -hmm. you said this was a. So if either of you want to borrow this, Jeff, you have kids. You want to borrow this and play it with your kids? Let me. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, give us a kid. Give us a kid review. So you said this was a Funko game. Yes, it is. Do you have any other Funko games? I'm wondering if um all of them are not. I do. Have I played any of them? That's what I was wondering. I feel like the Funko games. I'm going to be honest. Aren't like their game division? I don't feel like their games are as well developed as they should be for board games. Like it's not Parker Brothers here. They're not coming up with classic games that are going to last in your game cabinet for 70 years. Like the Haunted Mansion one was far too complicated. And now this, I couldn't figure out the Hocus Pocus one either. Yeah, so they're like either super complicated or this one sounds like maybe a little light. So So we'll see. Almost collector worthy, Um, but not play worthy. I almost feel that way about the Funko things. Like they're beautiful and <laughs> they look nice they on your are shelf. Beautiful. Yeah. But um okay. Yeah, I, I guess I'll talk a... about Hold oh, on, yeah. before you go on. What is? The best Funko game I have played is Mickey's Christmas Carol. And I picked it up last year on Black Friday. And it is beautiful and we had fun. We played this one. This one is two to four players and it's twenty minutes. I think we played it three times. And it was surprisingly difficult. <laughs> But fun. <laughs> but yeah. but fun. Very fun. So right. keep an eye out for that one. But I agree with you. Yeah, a lot of them are way more complicated than they need to be. And yeah. Yeah, so there's, I think there's some new, I think Funko has some new pop finals out with Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're new or re, you know, reissues. I think there's they a, are new. Yeah. There's a large one that has a Raiders of the Lost Ark poster behind it. So Raiders version indie that's sixty dollars, mm-hmm. and it comes in a giant box. And I think mm-hmm. the pop is also bigger than a normal pop. I don't remember exactly, but the box is big because it has a big bag. You've seen those Funkos that come yeah. with a big poster backdrop. Yeah, um, these are huge. You know, and her universe has some Indiana Jones stuff out. We saw at box lunch. I'll say, it was a little disappointing. Um, like, they're super cool, and they come in very diverse sizing. Like, Julia was super excited because there's this beautiful new one. Specifically, here's one item. It was, like, a um, kind of a really heavy sh- 
shirt kind of looked like a cargo shirt mm-hmm. almost a jacket but not quite it had a little bit of shred on some of the hems so it looked kind of adventure it had a cool mm-hmm. patch indiana jones patch on the front and we were ready to like grab this and go but the back of it had it had this big fancy design and at the bottom it said master of the occult so like a couple things here first of all like there's a large i'm not going to say a I don't know how many people, but a lot of religious people are not ever going to wear something that says Master of the Occult. Beside the fact that that's not even a real thing about Indiana Jones at all. In fact, in this movie, he specifically says, I don't believe in all that stuff, but I have seen some things I can't explain. Like, that's Indiana Jones philosophy. Like, I'm a skeptic, but yeah, I've seen some stuff I can't explain. That is not Master of the Occult. So, like, <laughs> it was kind of like, that's not really Indiana Jones at all. And then plus the fact that well, there's no way Julia's going to wear anything that says Master of the Occult on it. So that was like a big miss in our opinion. And it was kind of unfortunate because it was a beautifully designed like shirt. And it was great. Like, you could imagine it being super useful in the fall in a lot of different, like, you know, occasions because mm-hmm. of the weight and everything. So that was a little disappointing. So kind of a mixed review there about the her universe stuff, but we haven't seen like, there's probably more Indiana Jones stuff going to be yeah. coming out there that we'll have to keep our eyes out for. Because like I said, I think Disney is trying to like start a Indiana Jones, um, just atmosphere, like a new, mm-hmm. a new line, a new brand and see where it kind of, how it lands. I think they're going to wait and see how this movie lands before they start greenlighting a lot of right, stuff. Right. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an animated series that comes out soon. I wouldn't you be surprised. You know what I would love to see? What? A comic book series. Hmm. Well, I think there are some comic Aren't there some comic books? Not current. There, there not might currently? be. Not, yeah. not okay. currently that I've seen. Okay. But I could. That that's a great way to have, like, to keep, like, IPs young forever. Like do it, like you said, do it in animation, do it in comic books. Um, I think that'd be, I think that'd be a fun direction to take it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. It, it sounds. Right. It sounds like we have talked ourselves out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job, you guys. Well, I'm glad that you guys are as excited for Indiana Jones as I am. Yep. Um. And yeah, let's. I'm looking forward to see the movie again because I'm sure I'll just like it even more. And the second finding time. that face character um, now that I when we go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Tina and I have a trip coming up. Jeff, do you have any trips coming up to Disneyland? No, not yeah. nothing booked right now. That's all right. Um, okay. Well, I think that is going to bring us to an end on this episode thank you both for spending time with me of course talking about Mm -hmm. indie um i am looking forward to next month in which tina and i i'm trying to think yes we will have a trip report (laughs) (laughs) a summer trip report um jeff we're looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones on nostalgia thank you and hopefully we will see you here again soon but until then everybody Have a great summer. We will see you next month. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.